On today's episode of Self Love Ignited, I am talking with Kimberly Dempsey all about making peace with food, making peace with your body, and using intuitive eating to make it happen. Kimberly is a former self-proclaimed lifelong dieter, and she's a real-life example that there is hope for everyone to ditch diets, be at peace in their bodies, and be able to trust themselves around food. Kimberly is a mother of three young kids, and she is the director of marketing at Wellness Lately. She started out taking one of their programs to help heal herself, and she loved it so much that she just jumped on board. Kimberly is a absolutely beautiful example of what is possible for every single one of us, and this interview really will give you hope and show you what is possible when you learn to make peace with food. My name is Katie Allen, and this is Self Love Ignited. Let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am joined by Kimberly Dempsey, and we are going to talk about all things about body image and intuitive eating, and I cannot wait to get into it. So Kimberly, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you. Why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself to everybody? Hey, Katie, I'm so excited to be here. I've been such a fan of your podcast, so it's such an honor for you to have me on board. And yeah, I am Kimberly Dempsey. I am the director of marketing for a company by the name of Wellness Lately, and we are a health coaching company that helps women stop feeling out of control around food. Uh, We work with them specifically to teach them intuitive eating so they can stop their binge eating, emotional eating, food obsession, and really start to find peace around food and their bodies and live lives that they're really psyched about living and drop all the bullshit and just like move forward into what brings them joy and peace. I love it. So that's what oh, I do. Yeah. That's amazing. And where in the world yeah. are you joining us from? I am joining you from very cold Norwood, Massachusetts, which means nothing to you, but it's right outside of Boston. It's a small <laughs> suburb outside of Boston. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking mm-hmm. before, before I hit record, it is snowy and cold for you it and it is warm and sunny for me. So we won't talk yeah. too much about that. <laughs> Ex- yeah, exactly. I have been, as we talked about, I've lived in Australia and I have great memories of it. And I think of it often in these cold wintry nights in Boston. So I'm jealous. Full flesh. <laughs> I will, I'm sending you some heat. It'll Thank be there you. in a few months. Thank you. Uh, dream of me while you're at the beach later this afternoon because I, I wish I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I will. Yes. So, so this podcast is all about self-love, right? And telling the yes. stories of women just like you who have come, come from a place of maybe not liking parts of themselves, maybe not liking their bodies to really sort of making peace with themselves and learning to love all parts of who they are. So I would love for you to tell us your story. Just what, you know, why don't you sort of start at the beginning? Where did your challenges begin? Yeah. Well, Katie, as I mentioned, I've listened to your podcast quite a bit. And I think that my beginnings really mirror yours very much in the sense that I had a really great family. I had a really great mom. Um, but my mom was deep in diet culture and that is what she knew and believed. And 
making me feel safe or her way of making me safe was to keep me thin and appropriate as it pertains to diet culture standards. And so I can remember going on my first diet when I was eight years old. And I remember that diet specifically because it was Weight Watchers and I lost eight pounds. It was just that correlation of eight years old and eight pounds. And um, I just knew from a very early age that the messages that she was telling me was just this fear around my body being in a bigger form and that I needed to control this and I needed to fight this fat. And, you know, this was a part of me being a woman is just working on staying thin. And she was working on staying thin and my mom was always in a smaller body. And so there was certainly a point where I got a lot of praise being a little pretty girl, you know, going to family parties and being praised about being, oh, you look so pretty. Look at you in your little dress. You're so beautiful or such a pretty girl. And there was so much praise coming in. And then when I got to be a preteen and in, in puberty, I remember how that kind of dropped off and I didn't get that same praise. And I was going through certainly, you know, awkward stages. And my mom my mom's way of kind of helping me was, you know, just putting me on more diets and that's what she knew. So on and off diets, my entire adult life, um, I've been on everything, you know, Weight Watchers, um, keto. I worked for Jenny Craig selling their, their service for a while. And then I went to um, getting married. And of course was on diets for that. Having my own kids, I have three kids and I think pregnancy was a very interesting time when it came to me and my body image, because here I had being on diets gave me this illusion that I was in control of the size of my body. And when pregnancy came, I was no longer in control of that. And that was also kind of my break from dieting. Like I knew I was going to gain weight anyways in pregnancy. So I really treated pregnancy as an extended binge period. You know, I could just kind of eat whatever I wanted. And I, I ended up gaining a lot of weight each pregnancy. I have three children. Um, I lost weight each time because I was an expert dieter. And you know, I had been dieting my entire life. And um, at the end of my third pregnancy, I went from you know, gaining and losing you know, upwards of you know, a tremendous amount of weight each time. And it started to really dawn on me um, it wasn't just living, it was being on and off diets. And what I was doing is going from highly restrictive periods, the last um, diet or kind of lifestyle that I found was Whole30, uh, which was excluding a tremendous amount of food groups. You know, you're cutting out dairy, you're cutting out all sugar, you're cutting out all legumes. And I would go from these periods of being on the Whole30 to not being on the Whole30. And what it really became, Katie, was periods of restriction and then periods of binge eating when I was off the whole 30. And it just felt very unbalanced. You know, physically I felt um, very uncomfortable going from times where I was, you know, having headaches and um, insomnia from really lack of calories and this like change in consumption of carbohydrates and sugar to periods of like overindulging in carbohydrates and sugar and having, um, uh, trouble with digestion and all this stuff. And I was just feeling like completely unbalanced. Um, and it just felt horrible. And on top of that, I had um, my young kids. And um, I was thinking of, you know, what does this mean to them seeing their mother going from these like 
roller coaster, the restricting everything to then eating everything. And I would just, I was fed up. I was fed up with the diets and I really couldn't fathom myself going on another diet. So that's kind of like the, the history of like me and dieting. Yeah. And I, I can't, eight years old is really young. Yeah. I, like, I think I was about 11 and I mm-hmm. thought that that was young, like eight, like you're still a baby when this all yes. started. So, I mean, this, it really makes sense that that sort of followed you into adulthood because that's all you knew. Like how many memories yeah. do you have of before you were eight? Not many that, you know, most of us don't. So that's like right from the beginning, dieting yeah. was with you. And you, know, you said, I don't remember your exact words, but you basically said like your mom taught you this. And this was like a woman's job was yeah. to like diet and be small and be pretty and be acceptable. Mm-hmm. I can't, that, that like, oh, <laughs> that, like I have like a full body no to that. You know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. I get like that horrible gut feeling. And yet I know that there's so many people who are still in that, right. And who yeah. still believe that and who are still sort of in that cycle. So I, I would love to hear from you as you were going through this cycle, you know, and you were maybe as you were getting older and, and you're in through adulthood and you were really aware that this is happening. What was happening on the inside? Like, were you beating your, every time you were going on Whole30 and off Whole30 and doing this and doing this, were you like beating yourself up or criticizing yourself? Like, what was the inside stuff? Yeah, absolutely. It was, the inside stuff was everything. It was, you know, I've always, always felt like I was an accomplished person. I've been accomplished professionally. You know, I've always achieved my goals and been a hard worker. And the thought inside was like, why can't I just get this right? It's like, I can't stick to this diet. I can't, you know, avoid sugars. I always go off of it. I can't just stay motivated. Like what's wrong with my willpower. And it was all about what was wrong with me. Like I couldn't do it. And, and that was, is, was just, when you think about it, when it comes to just a dieting perspective, you think it's just about the diets, but really it was trickling down just my whole person. Like when you don't have confidence in yourself, to know like what to feed yourself three times a day or three to five times a day, whenever you're eating, that trickles down into your entire confidence and your ability to feel empowered as a woman. And that, I just felt deflated. I felt that I was pathetic and ridiculous that I couldn't get this right. Like I just couldn't stick to a diet. And my periods of binging, it was just, um, it was, I call it like mental gymnastics. It was just, you know, I would decide, okay, I ate, let's say I had one cookie and the one cookie, I had such dichotomous thinking, black and white thinking, like good and bad eating that if I had one thing wrong, it would just lead to this downward spiral of me deciding, okay, you had the one cookie. So just eat everything that you want for the next two days. And then you'll get it back on track. And it was just this, just me re-motivating myself in my mind. Okay, get back on track, get back on track. You can do it on Monday. And it was just, it was exhausting mentally. It was exhausting mentally what I would put myself through. And physically I felt like shit because I was eating like shit. And, you know, I was restricting myself and not not taking in enough calories. And then I was overdoing it. And so I was just completely unbalanced. One thing I always remember, Katie, is I was sitting in my kitchen one day and I had this this framed um, kind of a a poster of, it says something like, um, 
you know, the family diet is balanced, it's simple, it's healthy. And I used to always sit in my kitchen and read that, like my motto of my family, it was like our family motto is balanced, is healthy. And I just remember always reading it and being like, I am a fraud. Like all of this that I say I am, I am not. And it was, it was just tough. I felt just completely deflated every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that sounds, that sounds awful. And I can, yeah, I can relate to a lot of that. Definitely. Definitely. So you are very clearly, you know, sitting here in front of me today, you are a very different person than that, right? Like you have done, you've come a long way in your relationship with yourself and how you relate to food in so many different ways. Yeah. So tell me about that sort of the healing journey, both from the physical, you know, going from like the binging and um, like going on and off whole 30 and also the inside stuff. Tell me about that. Yeah. 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 So the precipice was really, um, in addition to me, I'm 40 years old. So my last whole 30, I went on before I went on a girl's weekend for my 40th birthday. And it was my real goal to get into my best shape on my 40th birthday. So I could go on this girl's weekend with my girlfriends up in the mountains and we were going to go hiking and wine tasting, all this stuff. And I did, and I got down to my lowest weight ever and went on that um, weekend with my girlfriends. And on that weekend, I was doing things like we would go to a store and I would buy a couple of cookies and put them on my purse and eat them in my room by myself, like secretly. And, you know, I drank too much that weekend. I ate too much and felt like shit the entire time. And it was really that weekend that was like, I can't do this. Like, this isn't worth it. Like I am 40 years old and this is not how I want to live the rest of my life. Adding that with a layer of, you know, selfishly for my own life, a couple of weeks earlier than that, my oldest child is a girl and she's six years old. And she's always been kind of older than her years. And she is very, very perceptive. And she would watch me. And I remember we went to a birthday party a couple of weeks before this 40th birthday trip I took. And I didn't have the cake because I was on on the whole 30 in preparation for this girl's trip. And she's like, mommy, why aren't you eating the cake? And I had to just make a a random answer. I'm like, just because mommy doesn't want cake. And she's like, you love cake. Like I'm a baker. I bake my own like homemade cakes and everything. And she's like, mommy, you love cake. I'm like, I know, but I'm just not having the cake now. And she watched me closely. And like three days later, I was off the whole 30. So I was eating all these cookies and all these things. And she's like, why are you eating the cookies now? And I realized that you know, I, I wanted to be that strong mentor for my children. I want, I wanted to be, you know, the, the vision of, of a woman who was in control and who was living her dreams. And I realized that like, here was the ball drop of the game and I wasn't being that. And I just, it, it just like, kind of like clicked for me that unless I got my shit together for lack of a better word, this would be my daughter's fate as well because I started to see that my mom wasn't ill-intended in passing down this legacy to me. This was just her culture that she was within. This is what she knew to be true. And my daughter was watching me now, and this is what she was learning. And the conversations and, and the way that I talked about my body and the way I ate was what she was learning to be true for women. And I was like, you know what? Absolutely not. And I'm not gonna cry. I promised myself I was not. But it just, it just was like kind of a light bulb moment where I was like, 
if I'm going to fix this for her, I have to fix it for myself first. And it was just a moment I knew that I had to do something different. And quite honestly, Katie, like I didn't know what different was. I just knew in that moment that dieting going on and off restrictive diets didn't work. It never had. And we know now from statistics that diets don't work, that 95% of diets fail, that people gain their weight back within five years. That is a statistic fact. And you can ignore that for so long. And all of a sudden for me, it was just like, you know what? I can't ignore that anymore. I know that to be true. And I'm not going to have that for my daughters. And I have two daughters and a son. And quite honestly, like I have a brother who's close in age and people don't talk about this affecting males very much, but it absolutely affects him too. You know, that, that your weight and your looks are your worth. That absolutely is part of his kind of dogma. Um, So yeah, there was just this moment where I was like, no more for me. And lucky enough, I had a friend, um, actually, she was one of the friends that went on this 40th um, birthday with me. And in a kind of a, a app, we have Marco Polo that we talk back and forth of. I used to always complain about my looks and complain about how I was doing bad on my diets. And one day she said, you know, Kimberly, I can't like listen to you talk about yourself anymore. You talk about yourself so negatively. It's really, honestly, it's hard to hear. Like, I feel sad for you. And Katie, no one had ever said that to me because this way of talking negative about our looks and our appearance and how we're bad at diets is just very normalized in our culture. And that was just like how women connect, like saying how shitty they did at their diet and all the stuff that they ate on Friday night. And this was this one person who I know now who came from a family of intuitive eaters. She just never really dieted and she never really focused on her weight. And she was the one person to speak up and be like, you can't talk about yourself like that anymore. And it really hit me. It really, it really meant something to me. And that's when I decided to get help. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like that one, she is exactly the person you needed in your life. Yeah. 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 It was, yeah, it was, it was so, and it was just so unbelievable that that was really the first time someone that said that, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and it speaks to how sick our culture is when it comes to diet culture and this like over emphasis on looks and appearance. And I had gotten so much praise, um, positive praise on being this girl who was always a dieter and always motivated on exercise. And it was this one person who said, you know, it sucks to hear you talk like that about yourself. Yeah. 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 And you deserve better and your kids deserve better. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, you know, so this happened, this person said this to you, you had this, you know, holy shit moment. I can't, I can't keep doing this. Mm -hmm. What, what did you do? What action did you take? Did you get um, a coach or a mentor? Did you join a program? Like what did that sort of look like in a really tangible way for you? Absolutely. So um, she, my friend, had um, been friends with an um, intuitive eating coach um, in a company by the name of Wellness Lately. And Wellness Lately is a holistic health coaching company that focuses on intuitive eating. And so they help women actually break up from dieting culture and stop the chronic yo-yo dieting and make peace with food in their bodies. And she said, you really should talk to these people. And quite honestly, it sounded terrifying because the first rule of intuitive eating is to break up with diet culture and forego all the rules that I have been learning and expertising for now three decades. 
And I was against it all. And I was very much a skeptic. Um, but I, I spoke with them and I just knew all I knew is that dieting didn't work and I couldn't keep doing what I was doing. And I knew that I needed a change. So it absolutely was just stepping into the dark and trusting my intuition that just told me move forward, do something different. And so I joined this health coaching company and wellness lately, and it was a one-on-one -on -one and group coaching program. That was a four month long program where they taught me Evelyn Triboli's intuitive eating principles as well as did a very deep dive into body image and body. No one just goes on a diet because it sounds like fun to restrict your food and count calories and count macros. People go on diets because they look in the mirror and they say, my body is wrong and I need to change it. And it is the body image that actually um, starts all this dieting process. And so the wellness lately program really dived deep into the stories that I told myself about why my body was wrong. Why did I think that, you know, what did I, what was going to be different about my life if I did lose those five or 10 pounds and they started redirecting and redefining those truths that I had asking me and questioning, like, is it true that, you know, you will live a better life if you are 10 pounds less, you know, what will be different about your life and really changing and redirecting all those thoughts that I had been taught, unfortunately, by my mom and, and, you know, everyone else that told me these things. And it's, it's so crazy because, um, like I mentioned, I was such a skeptic. Like I, I didn't believe in things like body positivity that, you know, I'm going to now be one of those women on like the Dove commercials that are going to be in their undies and, you know, showing all their stretch marks and thinking that they're beautiful. I'm like, that's just bullshit. That won't be me. And they taught something different. They taught a concept of body neutrality, really that how you look is actually the least interesting thing about you. Like if you can think about the people in your life that love you and respect you and think about what they love and respect about you, like how often would it come up your looks? Like, do my kids love me because, you know, they love my, you know, whatever my thighs and my arms know they love you know my heart and the hugs that I give and and how I speak to them so it was just really teaching me it was it was unlearning a, a, a big um kind of I, I guess conversation that I had been taught um, by the legacy of dieting and body hate and it was relearning this conversation of body neutrality and you know body confidence and it was life-changing and I guess that probably leads into why I chose to join them as a member of their team, but. Yeah, yeah, please, please go on, tell yeah. us. I, I really wanna hear that. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, like it, like I said, I was a skeptic. So when I ended the pro, when I joined the program, I really believed that there were women in the world that were destined to just have these issues, destined to always hate their body destined to always be on diets and um, just always fighting to get thinner. And I just believed that I was one of those people. And I really valued the fact that I was always going to fight it. I was never going to give up. And then there was these other women that I would meet once in a while, those unicorns that came into your life that could just like have like a piece of a cookie and leave the rest on their plate and move along with their day. And I was just always look at them and think I will never be one of them, you know? And what Wellness Lately taught me was 
it was all these diets that I was putting myself on that was creating this charge around food. It was the restriction restriction that was actually causing my binge eating, that was causing the over-obsession with food. Um, it was the beliefs I had about my body being wrong that was, you know, um, igniting my want to be on all these diets. It was just all these messages that I had learned um, that was that was causing how I was. And that didn't have to be the case. Like I didn't have to live my life on and off diets. So when I learned that, and now I am that woman who I just went out to dinner with my husband and, you know, I told him that what I wanted was a Caesar salad. And I'm like, why don't you have a little entree and I'll have some of it because I just, I really go about my days looking for satisfaction in my food you know, satisfaction and whatever I want to eat. And I, I really have not, I've not binged actually since I went on the program, not even once. Once I told myself that I could have anything that I wanted to eat, I haven't had one of those moments of out of control binging. And now I just, I really just live life. I'm looking for pleasure and satisfaction and food. And um, once I learned all of that, I was like, other women need to know this. Like I have to help this company get the word out. And they were, you know, they're a little business that just got, got started. And I have a background in, in sales and marketing. And I was just like, you know what? I just want to help them. I want to help them get the word out because there are so many women, honestly, 90% of the women that I know need to hear this message. And I just wanted to help them get it out. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I, I just, I just want to share. I remember the first time that I bought chocolate and I had like two squares and I put the rest in the cupboard and then I forgot about it and then it was like weeks later that I found it and I was like oh yeah I still have chocolate and I had like two more little squares and then put the rest back and I remember because I I don't think I was ever sort of a a, I don't think I had those huge highs and lows I'm I'm lucky in that I never got into like the really um the big restricting and yo-yo dieting but I do remember that moment of like I can actually choose to put this down. And I don't, I didn't, there was none of that like tightness. Like I have to have it now because I'm not allowed. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think that honestly, I think everybody needs this. I think even people who don't think they need this probably need this in some capacity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just affects so many things. Like right now, actually, I'm writing a piece about exercise and exercise has been so tightly wound as a dieting tool for people that what really pisses me off at things like, you know, the pleasure in enjoying a wonderful glass of wine and a wonderful meal, diet culture strips away that pleasure. You know, it makes you think about like, what are the macros in this meal? You know, how much sugar is in this wine? And it strips away just the natural joy that comes in life. Same with exercise. For me, when I started intuitive eating, I was like, do I even like exercise? Like I would never even fathom stopping exercise because that would be too scary to like stop giving up the fight of getting thinner. But I didn't even know if I liked exercise. Like, do I like to move my body? Am I athletic? I'm not even sure. I always projected that, that I was this athlete and I would do like half marathons and sprint triathlons. But really I was like, do I like it? And now, you know, I see that it's actually one of these like natural pleasures in life, moving your body, like the endorphins that are created. And now in exercise, I focus on things like, 
the fact that I can push my body to limits of exhaustion, where I go from, you know, being breathless to being fully recovered in seconds. And I think like, that's magical, like that our bodies can do this, you know? And I know also from having relatives that are older and have, have, um, diseases like, um, my, one of my favorite aunts has Parkinson's disease and she's getting to a point where, you know, she's getting to an immobile point. And it just shows you that like moving our body physically is a fleeting pleasure of life. It will leave us. And how pissed I get to think that like exercise and putting rules around it takes a pleasure away from that. It's just something I've thought thinking about recently because of the piece I'm writing, but it's so huge, you know, it's like these pleasures in life that diet culture just completely messes up. Yeah. Yeah. And we deserve to have those, like it's time that everybody take those back. Really? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Kimberly, I would love to hear from you. This is one question I like to ask everybody who's on because I, I find it really interesting. This sort of journey that you went on, or you are on, I should say, it is a continuation. There is no end to this, but mm-hmm. this sort of this sort of journey that you're on, would you call this a journey of self-love or self-acceptance, self-discovery? Like what do you have a term that like feels most true for you? Yeah, I feel like it's self-discovery. And like the the reason that I say that is someone asked me the other day, what would I want to tell my 18-year-old self? And I answered that question that I wanted to tell her to stop looking outside of herself for answers and know that you have the answer. And that's what I want to tell my, my daughters and my son is that we know what we need, whether it be the foods we need to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the choice we need to make of the person that we're dating, the job we're going to take. Like you have a voice inside that knowing inside of you that's going to point you in the right direction. And this is about getting rid of all the bullshit that, that points you in opposite directions and suggests things for you when you are the only one in your own path. And what I want to build in my kids, that confidence in listening to their own knowing, like know that you know the answer, that, you know, get, get information and, you know, and learn as much as you can, read as much as you can, but at the end of the day, take all that and make your own decision. And so I absolutely think that this is about self-discovery, like getting quiet and listening to that voice that's inside you that's going to point you in the right direction. That's incredible. And if your kids are starting life with that as the foundation, instead of outsource your intuition, like you, that's such a gift that you're giving them. That really is beautiful. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. And, and one other thing that I'm, I'm curious about, because obviously you talk about, you know, your kids a lot and they're, yeah. of course, a very important part of your life that goes without saying, and your husband. Yeah. How, what do they get from you now that they didn't before? How is, how is Kimberly mom and Kimberly wife now? What do you give them now that they didn't get when you were dieting? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. And I think that one of the biggest things in life and the biggest things that I have noticed is awareness to all of kind of our inefficiencies and our challenges is our absolute superpower. And so I am now aware that these are kind of some of the things that I have struggled with. And so when I speak with my kids about, let's say, what they're going to be eating, I'm very aware of the messages that I'm sending to them. 
and I'm very aware of how my messages will impact them. And so I'm constantly just trying to be better. And one of the things that I've been really, really focused on is trying to keep my children close to their own innate intuitive eating skills. And basically children are born intuitive eaters and it's usually their caregivers or mothers or fathers, their Grammys that bring diet culture into the house and take them away from that. And so knowing that I have so much diet culture in me, I'm aware of that. And so I'm very, very careful with how I talk to them about how they're eating. And we've um, been working with a different structure called the division of responsibility, which is a, a division of feeding uh, for children um, by a lady by the name of Ellen Satter. And it really speaks to the fact that, and you can, I can send over some links um, of some posts that I wrote on it, but it speaks to the fact that as a parent, what you're doing is you're providing the food, you are giving the time that your children will eat, and then your children are going to decide what they eat from what you provide and how much, and you really like kind of back off. And so I think that the big, the big difference is, is the fact that I'm aware to all of the messages that I took in. I'm aware of my kind of inefficiencies or my challenges, and I'm just trying to get better. And I think that that is the, the biggest thing that we can do as parents is be aware and then model the right way. And um, we always say to mothers that want to do the best by their kids, like they always ask us, like, what can I do to be, to make sure my, I don't pass down these body image issues to my children. And the number one best way is to get help yourself. It's like, if you feel charged around what your children are eating, or if you feel charged about, you know, your children gaining weight, get help yourself and address those ish issues that you have um, because they are watching you and they're very perceptive. So yeah, that's yeah. what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And you may have just answered this question, but I want to yeah. ask it anyway, in case your answer is different than I'm expecting. Sure. If there is somebody who is on their journey where you were sort of, you know, 40th birthday weekend, if there's somebody yeah. who is still really like in that, that sort of yo-yo diet cycle, and yeah. they're not really sure what to do. Is there one exercise or one practice or one piece of advice you would give them as a first step to take? Yeah, um, I would absolutely say that um, start to get real with yourself and journaling was very big for me. And there's a very specific exercise that I would recommend doing, which is get real about how diets have diets. And, and quite honestly, I say diets, but I wouldn't have identified as a dieter for like the last two decades. I thought I was on a lifestyle of clean eating. And, you know, I was, I was, you know, on in this keto or paleo and I was just very healthy, but really it was, it was a, it was a lifestyle diet. So start to get real about how that has worked for you. Like, how do you feel being on these diets? Um, what weight have you lost and kept off consistently? Like how has dieting impacted your social, um, your social life? Um, what do you feel like mentally when you're on diets? Like, do you feel in control? Like, are you able to actually take care of yourself and really do kind of a diet history of how it's actually worked and get real about what's going on? And you know, that for me, for me, there was, there was decades that went by where I just kind of lied to myself about the effectiveness of what I was doing. And, you know, we all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And it's just like, all of a sudden for me, it clicked and I'm, I can't judge anyone else for 
being in it because I realized that I was in it for the longest time. And all of a sudden it just has to click for you that, you know what, this doesn't work. And what is it worth it to you to be doing what you're doing? Like is, is staying on the diet still worth it to you? And so I would just recommend for them to sit down with their journal, list out the last five um, or 10 diets they've been on, how effective they've been, how they felt mentally and physically and um, take a look at that and see if it makes sense to move forward. That is great advice because yeah, without that piece of awareness around the whole thing, you cannot change. You have to sort of be willing to look at it first, which can be really hard, but is also, is also the beginning of the healing though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we work with new women, it's like, if they're still in that dieting mentality where they think dieting is, is the right option, like it's, you know, we respect that they're in that spot, but they're just not our people yet. It's like, we're not looking to um, change their perception. It's like, if you still feel that and you haven't hit that dieting rock bottom, then we can't help you yet. Like you really have to hit that on your own and realize that I can't be on another diet again. I, I can't fathom actually going on another diet. And when you're there, like we can help. Right, that's beautiful. So as we're getting ready to wrap up, is there yeah. any, is there any last bits of wisdom, any last tips or any sort of, you know, final thoughts that you have for us today? Yeah, I would say if um, the talk that I, that I had about binge eating resonates with you, you know, just keeping in mind that the number one thing that spawns binge eating is restriction. It's like what you're restricting today is going to be the food that you binge on tomorrow. Like just understanding that, that the the overall restriction is going to cause binge eating is really what starts this whole cycle of the dieting and binging. And if that resonates with you, we have a really great masterclass. It's a free class. It's called the five simple shifts to end binge eating. And you can find that at wellnesslately.com backslash masterclass. And um, it's an awesome class and it will give you what you need to know to understand those five shifts to stop binge, binge eating. And again, binge eating is about mental shifts. And um, lots of people go to therapy and all these other things that take a really long time. And this is just about shifting kind of how you're thinking about it. And it's very, very effective. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Kimberly. That's amazing. I will make sure to put the link to that in the show notes, because if there's somebody listening who needs it, I want it to be nice and easy. So um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your story and getting honest. I know that hearing this is really going to be possibly triggering, but also possibly healing for so many people. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate you and I'm, I'm grateful for you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Katie, for the opportunity. And I know that it, it may be triggering. I just want to send compassion to all those, those women that, you know, hear this and just understand that I was absolutely there in the point where, you know, I would listen to people like myself and think that I, that couldn't ever be me and it can be you, it can be you. And that's, that's what I just want to kind of get across is that you can drop all this and food can be easy and you can get back all the pleasures in life. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, lovely. Thanks, Katie.
All of the links mentioned during the episode are down in the show notes. Please make sure to go on over and check them out. Also, please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And I would be forever grateful if you would go on over and leave us a review on iTunes as well. That's going to help this message reach more women. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Here is to you loving yourself.